Today's episode is the Q&A that followed the second message on Philippians 2, 12 and 13, and there were five questions. Number one, are there any other passages besides the one you read supporting the free will side of the sovereignty free will paradox? Number two, how do you make progress in utilizing the power of God instead of just operating in your own strength? Number three, what's the difference between the good kind of putting forth effort for the Christian life and legalism? What's the definition of legalism? Number four, does God's will always happen? And number five, is it really important for us to sort out the paradox of free will and God's sovereignty? What does it really matter? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Okay, so when I was talking about the free will side, it seems like first you act, then God will respond. So the kind of Arminian side as opposed to the Calvinistic side. Uh, I only gave one verse, that Ezekiel 18 verse. And the question is, are there other verses that would support that same thing? And I, 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 I would say yes. The reason I didn't go into it is because I think every single command in the Bible implies that. And all of the calls to salvation especially. Because they say, if you believe, you will be saved. If you repent, God will forgive. Whosoever will may come. All those invitations. If it's a situation where we're just pre-programmed, and that's all it is, then for God to say, whosoever will may come, would be disingenuous. right? Wouldn't, it would just be misleading. And so I think, I think all of the commands in the Bible imply free will. And I know that some people react against that term free will. I just heard a preacher just yesterday say, that's not in the Bible, look it up. (laughs) So so I looked it up and there it was in the Bible. There's such a thing as a free will offering that's mentioned many times in the Old Testament. That's that's God's language. It would be, again, disingenuous for him to have language like that if, if if we were just robots. So yeah, there is free will. And all the commands imply that. I read more verses on the other side because that's harder to understand. When I do something with my free will, somehow God did that? That's what blows the mind. I mean, I can get you some specifics if you want, but I really think any command in the whole Bible, especially commands to be saved, to believe and be saved. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Scripture says again and again, it just says, it, it always puts everything back on faith, right? It all comes down to faith or lack of faith. And it's like, how can we boil everything down just to faith or lack of faith? And that's the answer right there is we just, God says, move that mountain. And we're just like, yeah, I believe earth movers have huge power. And I need to trust in the power of the earth mover, you know, and we're just doing that. And we, we, we say we believe that the earth mover has power, but we don't believe it enough to actually climb the ladder and get in that thing. So it's that whole thing of, yeah, I believe, help my unbelief. We just, uh, we, you can always make more progress, no matter where you are in the Christian life, the key to the, your next step in advancing to the next level is more faith. Always. Always. No matter where you are, more faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the huge reasons why, why fellowship is so important, because it sparks our faith. We build, we, we edify, right? We edify. That means to build up. We build up each other's faith. Yeah, so very often the quietest will say, if you put forth effort, that's the same as legalism. 
So let's, let me just kind of define legalism uh, for you. There's, there's a couple of different kinds of legalism. One kind of legalism is salvation through works, right? So that I'm earning my um, salvation or my favor with God through working. Another kind of legalism is imposing your judgment calls on someone else. So I've got all these judgment calls in my life on, on holiness. And like for me, I've got this standard for alcohol. I'm going to go this far, no farther when it comes to alcohol. And when, and when movies, I'll watch this kind of movie, not that kind of movie. And that's where I draw the line on a movie. You know, I, I get up, at, I, I have my devotions in the morning and not at night. And, and I've got all these things in my, you know, that the, the, the Bible doesn't say specifically those things. It just, uh, I just read the Bible and I apply it to my life. It's like, for me, this is where I need to make these calls. And that's good. We should all do that. We should all do that. Legalism is when you take those standards and impose them on someone else. What? You saw that movie? Bad Christian. You do this? Different than I do? Bad Christian. And we're just like imposing our rules on someone else. That's, that's legal. So those are the two kinds of legalism. And the one that, that typically uh, people get confused here on is that first kind. Um, trying to earn God's favor through work. You can't earn his favor through work. And, and so people will, they, they understand that's true, but then they start reasoning from there with human reasoning, and they say, therefore, God is never pleased or displeased by anything you ever do. To, to them, that makes logical sense. If you can't earn God's favor by work, then that means you just automatically have the same exact favor from God all the time, regardless of what you do or don't do. Therefore, there's nothing you can do to please or displease God. And if you're trying to make it your goal to please God, then you're a legalist. And that's, that's, that makes sense at a certain level. The problem with it is, 2 Corinthians 5, 9.5 says, we make it our goal to please him. <laughs> so either Paul's a legalist or we've got to readjust, right? And... Paul's not a legalist, so, so it is a good thing. There are some things you do that please God. There are some things you do that displease God. But you don't forfeit your place in the family just because you displease the Father, right? You don't forfeit your love. He loves you just as much, even when he's displeased with you. But there are times when he's displeased, and there's times when he's pleased. Since he's, you're, you're his child, he's mostly pleased. So, um, so it's, it's human reasoning to assume that... The idea of pleasing or displeasing God by what you do is, is legalistic. It's not. Another error that people make is they'll say, well, it's legalism if you try to obey the law. We're under grace, not law. And law, grace and law, they're opposites. And uh, law bad, grace good. And, 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 and that's the way they think. And so they say, you're not under law. Stop trying to obey the law. You know, stop trying. But if the law is everything that God commanded then what they're saying is, don't ever try to obey God. And when I talk to people like that, I ask them, I say, are you saying that we should never uh, obey God? We should never put any forth any effort to obey God? They'll kind of hem and I was like, well, uh, you know, you should, uh, you should trust God. And I said, didn't God command that we trust him? Are you, are you telling me that I should put forth effort to obey that command? And it just, at some point, it always breaks down because there's no way that you can... Why do those people even preach? They're telling you to rest, right? Well, is that a command? Do I need to obey that command? <laughs> yes, rest. Well, now I'm obeying a command. I'm a legalist, right? There's, there's no way around the fact that God calls us to obey him. It's not legalism to seek to obey God. It's legalism to think that you can make yourself righteous 
with your own efforts, with your own um, self-created righteousness. That's what's legalistic. Yeah, God is greater than us, and so his, his will always happens and is never derailed in any way. And even when we sin, he uses that for his purposes. The, but the, but the, the place where we've got to be careful is just saying, if we always want to say that God, it's always God acts first, then we respond, then we've got a problem explaining sin. Um, and we have a problem explaining those passages that say, because you did this, I'm not going to act, or... I will act as soon as you do this. And God speaks like that sometimes. He puts the onus on us first many times. And then many other times, this is, okay, well, I acted first. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's a mystery. Well, it matters. I think the reason it matters, I would say it does matter, because I think the reason it matters is because in those passages where the responsibility is put on me, I need to think of responsibilities on me. Because that's the way God wrote it, and so I need to think that way so that I feel responsibility. But in those passages where he says, I'm working first, um, I, need to, I need to really understand that because I need to have that confidence that I don't have to generate this stuff. He's working in me, and I, I just have to have both. So, so I, I think it does matter. I think, we, I think it matters that we think on, on, on both sides. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.